Hello. This is part two of a special dual podcast between Evil Academy's Evil Cast and the podcast called Blood and Rain. I'm your host, Arthur Dane. Where you are right now is just a reflection of your past thoughts and actions. You can actively change your destiny by changing how you go about your day-to-day life. In the end, it all matters. What you eat, what you train, who you sleep with, what you believe spiritually. Don't see this as a negative. There's no pressure. If you choose to go through life asleep, that is on you. Look at the people who you wish to live like and assimilate. If you do the same things as everyone else around you, you'll end up just like them. Misfits change the world. People will try to bring you down because your success highlights their shortcomings. If you're young, don't worry about fitting in. Take risks. You can't lose. You either win or learn. Being uncomfortable is better than being safe. We've become slaves to comfort, making our lives dull and gray. Push towards discomfort, and you will see yourself grow immensely, spiritually, financially, and physically. So that was one of my personal favorite posts from today's guest today's guest for part two of this dual podcast wonderful evil academy the host of the evil cast and for those of you who haven't heard part one press pause on this go navigate whatever podcast app you're on whether that be apple podcasts or spotify or google or whatnot and check out Evolcast, that's E-V-O-L-C-A-S-T, Evolcast, episode 14 with Blood and Rain, to hear part one. If you've already done so, um, thank you for listening to part two. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, I'm honored to be here, and I'm, you know, part one was amazing, so I'm looking forward to part two. I've been looking forward to this uh, all week, man, so I'm glad, uh, glad we're finally doing part two and concluding this um you know it's a pleasure getting to be the guest on your podcast obviously it's a um it's it's a fan favorite for people in our community um so i'm very pleased to have you uh on the blood and rain podcast yeah honored to be here absolutely thanks bud so you know what i like to do with with all the guests you know the the running questions i'm sure that a lot of the followers and you know, younger content creation accounts within our sphere have, it's especially with a lot of the anonymous accounts, they probably wonder, um, you know, what their background's like, um, where it is that they came from, where they're from, what experiences shaped them, what disciplines they cultivated growing up. So love to hear a bit more about your background, where you grew up and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in a small town in North Texas. Um, so like typical country boy, not, you know, that country, but I do come from a small town, small high school. Um, and just really when I moved off to college, I kind of felt like, you know, college is still my mission in a way, you know, I'm here for a purpose. Uh, I'm going through flight school right now and I hope to become a pilot um, professionally in the next three or four years. Um, but you know, when I got here to college, 
I just felt like there was somewhat of a pissing, a missing piece in my life. I was looking for kind of that purpose to fill a void in my life. And I found Elijah Long. I don't know if uh, your listeners know who that is, but um, he does a bunch of monk mode stuff and we like all shaved our heads for it. It was, it was really cool vibe. Um, but really I went through, um, a pretty bad accident end of high school. And like I said, I was just looking for that missing piece in my life. And I really found by starting, you know, this page, Evol Academy, um, and that stands for everyday victory over loss. Mm. It kind of just gave me a framework for my own life. Um, to, you know, build daily habits and a daily discipline as well as, you know, spreading the message, um, that needs to be spread. Wow. You know, it's, what's, what's been wonderful about this sort of recent movement or evolution or what, whatever you want to call it, I don't think any of us really have narrowed it down or nailed it down rather, uh, specifically. But this change in social media, it's like, you know, you're in college now. And I remember when I was in college, social media was still this place where you sort of shared a few photos of you. If you're dating a girl, you know, you share some photos of the missus. You go to some sweet party, you have some sports photos. It's just, you know, it's just sort of like lesser brain dump. And then sometimes it's some clout chasing with, you know, high life this. You know, got to meet this person this. What are you doing? What not? But, yeah. You know, you're, you're, I mean, I got about, I have about five years on you, I think. So, you know, your generation is really the first generation born within this, or going through the really formative years within this shift of sphere for social media. And it's really refreshing to to hear um, that your, your sort of personal Instagram really is Evil Academy. It's a framework to sort of cultivate all the things that you felt were missing, you know, in your journey in manhood. Absolutely, yeah. Um, social media is all um, just how you use it. You know, it can be a lot of people want to say, you know, social media is evil. And in a way, you know, the algorithms are just kind of like soul sucking and they kind of take all the life out of everything. But at the same time, from a business or just a personal perspective of um, the viewpoints you're trying to share, if they're positive and you're putting out there a good image, the energy that you radiate out in the world is going to be reflected back upon you. So just by starting, you know, this page, I've been blessed to meet, you know, so many people like Forrest Munden, um, kind of came across your page as well. Solbra, you know, all of them, um, just the energy that you put out there, is going to be reflected back upon you. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of the things that are sort of vilified nowadays, you know, they're not really vilifying the object itself. They're vilifying the abuse of it. And that takes a certain amount of self-responsibility. But on the flip side of things, it also takes sort of this shift in consciousness for an abuse not to be the norm of what people are, are desiring. Um, and yeah. I, th- I think you're, you're sort of at the precipice of both right now, which is fantastic to see. Um... So you would you would you say that that accident that you went through was sort of a turning point for you in realizing that something was missing, or was it was it purely the entrance of college itself? 
I'd say it's a little bit of both. Um, I went through just a little like background for um, those who don't know your listeners. Um, I was skateboarding and essentially holding on to the side of a car, just, you know, being a dumb teenager, but having fun and fell, uh, broke my face, five of my ribs, um, collapsed, collapsed my lung and cut my liver and my spleen open. So, um, you know, I was bruised up pretty bad. Um, and in the moment I really didn't know exactly how to process it. But I do believe that whatever we experience in life, um, we go through those things for a reason. So it took me about a year down the line and then went through a breakup with, you know, my first girlfriend and you, we all know how it is, you know, that young love. Um, so went went through that and then, you know, I'm in college now and I'm just kind of looking for a bigger piece to my life. So it kind of, you know, tied it all together. Um, it wasn't like right after the accident, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I need to get a hold of my life. Cause at that point in my life, I was like not lifting, just playing a bunch of video games. Um, you know, watching a lot of porn, like I was not in a good spot. Um, for a while, you know, I was able to, uh, wake myself up and be like, snap out of this. Um, you know, I could have possibly had a chance of dying there for a little bit. So it was just a good, uh, wake up call and a catalyst to start change in my life. I mean, that's as good. <laughs> I feel like that's as good a catalyst as any, to be honest. Um, the sort of the culmination of all yeah. of those, all, all those events, you know, I think it came at a pretty good time for you too. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they can come, you know, a little too early for people and they can spend high school a little distraught if they don't have the proper infrastructure to help deal with that. And sometimes it comes a little bit yeah. later and they have like a little bit too much independence and they're sort of, they have too many things enabling this sort of state that you dug yourself out of. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of, uh, you know, we're all raised. Um, differently. Luckily, I would, you know, I was raised in a, you know, solid family. Um, family took me to church um, every Sunday, um, and I just, I just had a good base and a good foundation. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't say I was necessarily spoiled, but I never was in a position where I had to, you know, absolutely work uh, for something. My parents were always there for me. Um, as you know kind of like a fallback and that's maybe one of the things that some guys listening to this can't assimilate with and understand is um you know our generation my generation right now is like a big problem is we're just very comfortable um and best advice is just get out there and experience life and kind of just throw yourself at life even if you have to you know tell your mom and dad you know like it's okay, you know, I got this, I can handle stuff, even if you're uncomfortable for a little bit, because it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, that's, that's a similar sort of dynamic that I needed to tell my parents. More so, you know, I feel like it's always more so the mother than the father, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, same. I remember when I turned 18, and, you know, I was doing my gap year, and I was sort of, I was traveling on my own without a car all over the Bay Area, 
And my mother's like, I need to know where you are at all times, like, even though I'm 18. And then... Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I said, let me know that you're alive, you know, every three days. It's it's fine. It's whatever, Arthur. You know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, it's... I had to go through a similar thing, but I was definitely certainly better for it. And, you know, I didn't have much money in my pocket, but um, I definitely learned a lot. And um, that was sort of a catalyst before I actually went off to, you know, to college, college in England. So, yeah, um, I would highly recommend, you know, if, if for, there are a lot of younger cats like yourself listening that may or may not have taken that plunge. And I would, you know, highly recommend that um, in separating yourself from the nest uh, in order to you know, achieve the most amount of growth possible. Um, so with that, I mean, you know, you mentioned your generation, where do you, as a whole, where do you see the state of, of your generation? Cause you were, you're, you're very much, you're 20 years old, right? Yeah. So you're, you're very much within generation Z, which is the next generation up and they're showing a lot of promise. You know, they're showing a lot of rejection of, you know, a lot of these millennial, um, regressive, degenerate sort of ideals so that's where i'm seeing it on from my standpoint being on the nexus of millennials and gen z some people place me in one some people place me in the other depending on the classification so i'm curious as someone who's firmly in gen z where do you see the state of, of the men in particular in your generation of the zoomers yeah <laughs> um well being in college right now um, my perception is maybe a little bit skewed. You know, I've met like some solid guys here who, you know, crushing life. Um, and I definitely have hope for the future. Um, at the same time, you know, like I said, I am in college right now. So, um, I, it's not that I'm like surrounded with degeneracy or anything like that, but I do get a good taste of like, or, you know, I can observe, uh, you know, what not to do by seeing some of the people around me. So as far as the state of men is concerned for the future, it may be one of those things where we're kind of in a middle ground of where it's getting worse before it gets better. Mm. Um, But eventually, yeah, I do see hope for the future because there are more guys uh, waking up to this vision that, I, yourself, and all these other pages have. Um, Because at first I was just kind of touching people on social media and now, by the way, uh, through how I live my life, I can, I've noticed that I've had more of an impact on just those people around me in person. And you know, anyone can do that. So yeah, definitely hope for the future. Um, And if you, Anybody listening to this, like, if you take responsibility for yourself and lead the way, you're going to lead others, and people will see that change in you and look up to you for it. Yeah, I, you're going to completely embody the change that you wanted to see in yourself, and therefore that's going to radiate to the people who are seeking that change in themselves. Um, you know, I've, I've gotten you know, more messages than I thought I would, to be honest. Like, I didn't really, when I first started Blood and Rain, I didn't really expect to get any, you know, praise messages or anything, to be honest. But I've gotten a number of messages saying that, you know, the content and, you know, that's coming from the page 
has helped them turn their lives around. I, I never thought I'd get a message to that extent, to be honest. And every time it's extremely humbling and it's, it's, it's a gift, man. It's, it really is a gift and it, you know, warms my heart. So, and I'd imagine, like, I, I know for a fact people are seeing your page in the same way. They're having the same sort of epiphanies and the same sort of experiences from seeing your page. So, um, and I think you're right about in terms of, I think you're right in terms of it. It is sort of like at the tail end of things getting worse before it gets better because I'm seeing things just just viscerally. I'm seeing things that on paper it's like yeah that's really terrible, but like viscerally I'm like Meh, I don't really think this is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this can be the norm for much longer. I really don't. Um, yeah, there, there's going to be like a breakthrough. You know, they can only they can only hold so much tension before it breaks. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, something's got to give soon, and something will. Um, and I've I've had this same yeah. discussion with, you know, a number of other content creators. Uh, you know, like Forrest, like Nature Pilled, um, like all these guys. And um, you know, that's why I sort of I sort of noticed this is not just a movement of conscious. This is not this is not just a movement of culture, but it's also a movement of consciousness, because that's how it's sort of being downloaded. That's like the furthest, highest up the stream that we can get with this is from consciousness so i'm noticing that shift of consciousness um with all these pages and with just the state of mankind in general it's very encouraging to see um so with that you know with this framework that you have and with um you know you're 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 training to become a pilot that sounds like something certainly um you know you're going to see through to the end in terms of um becoming equipped enough to do so but as you mentioned, you know, with you getting to college, you're doing um, the Eli- it's Elijah Long, you said. Uh, yeah, that's kind of who first inspired me to you know start this whole journey. Got it. You know, it's I I hadn't heard I had lived sort of like a monk lifestyle for about four years, just you know through you know, coming across the Orthodox Church and reading about a bunch of, you know, great martial artists. So when I started hearing about, like, this monk mode thing, because you're the second person I've spoken to who has told me about this. There's actually a great page uh, on Instagram called Monk Mode Health, and he's, he's documenting his 90-day, uh, you know, first stint with monk mode. So it's it, that that's also another thing that's very encouraging to see, because not too many people... You know, not too many people at age 20 are going to aspire for something having to do with the word monk um, to begin with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, but hearing about these sort of shifts, you know, you feeling that there's something missing, you're going through this accident, um, you sort of coming, coming, having this coming of age away from your parents, um, you come into college and realizing there's something missing and starting Evil Academy. Where, where do you see your mission as a man right now? And... How do you, do you see any potential slight changes or alterations in the future? Um, well, yeah, my mission right now is obviously to spread the light through this page and, you know, help other men find that path to ascension and, you know, help them find meaning and purpose in their lives. Um, and overall, I just believe, you know, my mission as a man, whether that be you know, flying an airplane, uh, you know, having this social media account is to just inspire others through the way, you know, I live my life. Um, and, you know, missions can change from time to time as well. Who knows, like, in a year, 
I may be in a totally different place. And that's part of, you know, being young and just flooding yourself with experiences. You kind of, you have a general direction of where you're going, but a year down the road from now, um, you know, I could be looking at something totally different. I'm still going to have um, this page and I'm still going to be pursuing a career in aviation, but who knows, there could be something else added to the list. I mean, yeah, that's that's certainly something I'd, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested, this is something I've been thinking about with, um, you know, I, 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 again, I've discussed with a bunch of people in our sphere, like, I'm really interested to see where everyone's accounts are, like, in a year, where everyone's pages are in a oh, year. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm really, really stoked to see not only how they grow, I think that's sort of the first thing that we think about, like, wow, like, this move, we could have more and more people thinking this way, living this way, it's going to be a benefit to society, we can sort of defeat degeneracy through volume, we can install virtue and honor through volume, but I, I'm also really interested to see the personal development of each of the content creators and see if there's any other disciplines yeah. and pursuits that they take on um, and how those reflect onto their pages. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, I've recently got into, I know we talked about this in part one, but I've recently got into training uh, BJJ and, you know, I'm just, I'm very new to it. I'm only like a month and a half in, but um, one of like the best decisions I've made in my life is to just start our training martial arts. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't think I can think of a more like, you know, I went to drama school in England. Um, I, I think probably the biggest, you know, shift for me was becoming Orthodox, to be honest. But yeah. I, I think like, aside from that, um, you know, the biggest sort of like singular decision that was made by me, you know, there's some other events in my life that I won't get into that were out of my accord that were insane. But in terms yeah. of like very deliberate decisions, like I'm going to do this, um, was me starting Muay Thai when I was in England. And it's just, I remember the first time I hit a set of pads and I was like, oh, I'm, mm, yeah, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and uh, whenever I didn't do that, I was absolutely miserable. So, do you have a do you have any plans of potentially? I know you I know you're lifting. I know you're um you're doing some bodybuilding type workouts right now as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any you know do you have any potential sort of do you have an itch to compete in any of these sort of physical fields at this current moment in time, or still taking it slow? Um, right now, no, I'm not looking at you know taking it there yet um maybe in a couple of months i'd like to you know take things to the next level in jujitsu and really uh nail it like nailed down in that um but right now i'm just kind of uh maintaining a balance between uh school training jujitsu and then uh lifting as well yeah i mean it sounds like it sounds like a pretty healthy balance between all that and your in evil academy and the podcast it sounds like that's letting that sort of develop just in that frame is going to be pretty beneficial to just at that point leave it alone for a little bit absolutely yeah um and one of the things i've learned is it's you know discipline is a really big part of um your life as a man like you have to be disciplined to uh, move forward and ascend but at the same time i think we should allow ourselves to flow so, you know, maybe if it's, it can be as simple as something like, sometimes I'll sit down and write 
you know, seven posts in a row just to, cause I'm like flowing so good and just creative juices are going everywhere. So like I can, you know, just write for hours. Um, even though, you know, maybe right then I should have been, uh, you know, cooking dinner or something like, I think it's okay to allow yourself to flow and kind of become enthralled in life every once in a while. Um, and you can still, you know, progress in life in a way. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. You and I sort of, we, you and I sort of touched upon that in part one. Like I talked about how, you know, I I try to live my life as martially as possible, but um, I yeah. think you should. We also talked a bunch about towards the end about sort of decentralization. I think you can have that with a schedule in the sense that. Let's say I do have a hot hand creatively, or let's say I do have a hot hand in training Muay Thai. Well, I'm not going to stop just because I have I have to do you know these other tasks. I can keep going and make sure the other get the other tasks get done in a different time bracket. And that's just that that's you know has to do with having a schedule that is you're very well aware of everything that needs to be done and what is actually time sensitive and needs to needs to be done at a specific time. But other than that, like you said, flowing. So it's like, oh, there there are times where I've done the same thing. I've I've you know made more than one, written more than one post in one go because it was flowing. And then I just uh, added more shadow boxing later, as opposed to splitting it up into four sessions in the day. So I turned it into three sessions. So I think that's important to not get so like ah, I I didn't meet this small you know bit of the schedule and it's all ruined now like no it's like adapt and adjust accordingly yeah absolutely so within this sphere and this is a question that and for those of you listening who may not for for whatever reason may not know what we're talking about we keep saying sphere um Content content creators like myself, like Evil Academy, like Forrest Munden, like Nature Chad, Letters from the Ruins, The Howling Void, and so on and so forth. There's at least 30, 30 of them that have been pretty well established and a bunch of smaller ones that are um, gaining traction along the way right now, which is very encouraging to see. Um, and this sphere, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are calling it the Solar Ascension, sort of the white pill community, very much fostering honor and virtue. A lot of them have, you know, sort of surged very recently in December since the Great Conjunction. My, myself included, to be honest. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, it was, you know, it's 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 been since December that's it's th- that was sort of the month where it's like everyone just sort of popped up at once if they hadn't already, you know, and we all sort of linked up pretty quickly and we all gained followers very quickly. And we all sort of knew what was happening subconsciously all at once, right after around the Great Conjunction, the winter solstice on the 21st. Um, so it's, it's, it's been interesting. Um, do you have any ideas of, how, of what the sphere is going to look like throughout the year? Do you have any sort of glimpses or premonitions or hunches or semblances of any specifics or general ideas of what this sphere is going to do in the next, for the rest of the year, for the rest of 2021? Oh, yeah, well, I obviously see us growing, you know, all accounts, you know, both small and large. Um, but where I see, you know, the progression going is a lot of this stuff uh, takes place online and, 
you know, you can you can make a lot of progress online by talking to people and stuff. But where the real progress comes is uh, being able to meet up in person and kind of build, you know, that tribe and community of men. So, like, for example, me and uh, Nature Build have already, you know, had the chance to meet. And, you know, that's awesome. We got to uh, uh, roll against each other in jiu-jitsu. Um, of course, if he's listening to this, he went pretty easy on me because I'm just a white belt. So, <laughs> but What's the uh, purple belt? Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, shit, okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just see, you know, our pages growing uh, as well as we're going to pump more content out there to flood. We're getting close to flooding, you know, the mainstream. They already, you know, talk about our ideas, like, uh, maybe against – they're kind of gaining traction on what we talk about. I feel like because you'll see, like, the Daily Mail and stuff talk about, you know, don't eat any eggs, it increases your chance of death and stuff like that. Um, and we have, yeah, and we have, uh, you know, we have some blue checks, uh, you know, following our pages, uh, a lot of the bigger ones. Yeah, um, Elliot Holtz. I see, yeah. I, I see us going mainstream eventually, honestly. Maybe not with, uh, you know, big tech is obviously, you know, going to try to put a fork in it. But there, like I said, there's a breaking point that's coming. Um, so we're just going to keep ascending, and eventually the light is going to break through to more and more people. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of... Maybe this is a bit sort of head in the clouds on my part, but I'm sort of under the notion that we're going to get really big when this... when social media has sort of been dictated to be friendlier with potential events in the future so that we all don't get zucked and it all just goes to nothing because I don't really think that's going to happen to be honest I could be completely wrong you know I'm back I'm in the process today of backing up everything on blood and rain to both telegram and minds you know two very free speech friendly platforms and I'm starting a separate website for blood and rain but whether we like it or not, Instagram is sort of the hub for everything right now. Um, I don't even think... That was definitely not the initial... That was not the initial reasoning behind Instagram. Instagram was like, oh, we need a better photo sharing app for Facebook. Like, because all yeah. the ones out there are terrible. And then it became this sort of culty thing, like around 2010, 2011. Then Facebook was allowed to buy it. And then, you know, it sort of morphed into this... The sphere where, you know, there's not too much advertising, so you don't get burnt out like you would on Facebook or Twitter. You know, it's a lot more aesthetic to look at. Um, it's it's a lot more personal. Um, so, whether we like it or not, Instagram's the hub. But I don't, I don't think they're going to be permitted to carry out this draconian sort of policy for much longer. If, if everything we believe and feel to be true is true. Um, everything could go completely south, but I don't really necessarily believe that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, they they do have the power to, like, they could just, boom, you know, shut it all off if they wanted to. Um, so that's definitely something to take into consideration. Um, like, you know, I've taken precautions like everyone else, and I have a telegram, you know, just to back stuff up just in case. Um but yeah, you did like make some good points in there of like 
I really don't see us getting sucked because if they wanted to, they probably would have already when you think about it. Um, cause you know, our, our followings are large enough to, but we probably draw attention from Instagram if they wanted to see, you know, what we were doing and stuff. And obviously they're always watching, but also what you said about kind of, you know, cultivating your feed images can be very powerful and whatever you look at, you know, from the time you wake up, that's programming your mind to think a certain way. So really a big change in my life was also just changing the people I follow, like not using my personal Instagram account and, you know, making this page and building this page and changing the people I follow into, you know, only looking at aesthetically pleasing photos and only following, you know, uplifting content, content that's about, you know, masculine values. Um, that's had a huge impact on my life. And that's something I would have never thought of. Yeah, it's when you start to look at sort of like the clutter of your personal accounts and why you feel horrendous. Like I remember, especially when the lockdown started, it's like these men, like a lot of these mental health memes actually just make mental health like much worse, to be honest. Like, yeah. the whole, yay, I'm super depressed meme, like, yay, I'm super disheveled, don't have my shit together, but we all do, so it's fine, right? Adulting, like, really? Like... Oh, uh, I hate that. It's like, you think that's, you think that's gonna get you somewhere, like, you think this constant vocalized monologue you have of you being depressed with your life that you don't have together, and you, with the way you're speaking, you're very clearly understanding that that is your fault. Like, mm, yeah, no. So, I think a lot of people can relate to the sort of clutter, the clutter effect, and the sort of fog brain nature of following too many people out of obligation because you've met them in real life, or you work with them, or and whatnot. That it it doesn't long term. It's just it's just damaging. So. I would advocate for anyone who's listening, who's sort of feeling in that regard, having a separate Instagram, like, you know, because sometimes unfollowing someone on Instagram can have way more repercussions than it actually should. It's like, I decided to not follow your string of rants. Like, that shouldn't be that big a deal. But they make, they personalize it and they make it a big deal. So I would advocate for anyone listening, even if you're not planning on starting a content creation account, which you should, but even if you're not, you should create a separate account and only follow the content that you want to follow and primarily just stay on that account and that will do you a world of good absolutely or like i mean i don't even get like i don't have facebook anymore like i just don't get on there um and you know you can social media has you know obviously you know positive we've already touched on that before but um yeah just be wary of what you follow, um, especially when you look at, like, if you wake up and check your phone, or if you don't want to do that, because, you know, you're, when you wake up, your brain is producing uh, theta waves, so you're, you're kind of vibrating at level, lower frequency, and mm-hmm. during that time, you know, your, your, your thoughts and your brain is a little bit more malleable, because you've just woken up. And so when you pick up your phone, right when you wake up and you look at it and you, you go scrolling through whatever, you don't know what you're going to see. And, 
you know, it could be a bunch of black pills and like negative comments and stuff. And those thoughts kind of stick with you throughout your day. So you just have to be very careful with, you know, what you allow your mind to intake. Yeah, program or be programmed. It's plain and simple. And, yeah. you know, I don't... You know, the Howling Void said on the Renaissance of Men podcast, and, you know, Howling Void, I think, is one of the most interesting creators in the sphere. The most interesting people on Instagram, plain and simple, honestly. Um, but he was saying that he... There, there's that video of the Navy SEAL, former Navy SEAL and current, you know, I think he's a four-star admiral, so full admiral, and the Navy saying, make your bed in the morning, that'll change the world. And I, I do the same, that's the first thing I do. And he says, there are days I've made my bed, and I still had a phenomenal day, I had a productive day, I had a strong day, and I was like, okay. You know, I like the notion that, you know, you cannot start your day off the best, you know, for whatever reason you slipped, and you still made the most of the day. I think that's a good virtue to spread. Um, but that initial, like you said, waking up when the brain is more malleable, how you're setting the tone from the beginning of the day, I think is super vital, both in the tasks that you complete or the rituals that you partake in, and even down to the content that you consume, that'll, you know, that'll set you up for at least the first three hours of the day. And that's a considerable amount of time. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, and in in the future too, like, I could pretty much foresee a future where we're going to see less and less and less degenerate content. Like, I know that's, you know, hilariously idealistic on my part, but when you start to get, you know, guys your age, 20 years old, start to say, Dude, I'm so tired of like me. I haven't liked a single photo of some form of Gymshark butt model, right? But for some reason, the algorithm is still putting first and foremost on my newsfeed some butt yeah. model. And you're like, how the hell did this happen? Or some fat Gymshark model. I mean. Sorry, say again, you cut out there. Oh, I was. Because, you know, Gymshark isn't even essentially about fitness anymore like they you know have some you know like fat models and stuff like that so but yeah good point yeah i mean it's they're trying to make it seem like you know it's they're fit too but they're not like obviously if they were they they wouldn't look like that but obviously that's a more politically motivated (laughs) statement yeah um um but yeah you have to be um careful what you allow you know in front of your eyes and stuff um because the algorithm is going to you know throw you know all kinds of things in your face to you know try to get you to click and then you know it's just one rabbit hole after another and um you know you can spend like 30 minutes or an hour and you're like boom where did the time go so you just have to be um very careful of all that stuff yeah and that's a horrendous feeling to sort of wake up behind schedule because you've just spent You've just spent the past hour and a half essentially not in control of yourself. You haven't really disciplined your mind. Like your mind has controlled you thanks to this content that yeah. you, you didn't you didn't even want to be looking at for the past hour and a half. It's it's like a, a lot of the stuff that we quote unquote waste our time with is stuff that we didn't even want to do. Yeah. 
and when you become conscious of that, it's just every, everything just seems so stupid. Um, so, no, absolutely. A lot of people, you don't want to spend your life kind of, uh, what is it, like uh, on the treadmill? Like, you're just not going anywhere. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's always the treadmill that gets ripped on because, you know, it's like the least favorite sort of exercise machine in the entire gym world and personally I have to agree because if I'm going to run I want to get the <laughs> I mean I, I I can understand why yeah, like and if if I if I'm going to run I want to get the full benefits of running and you don't get that on a treadmill because you're not actually propelling yourself so I always see it as like a yeah. silly a silly piece of machinery to be honest I do I do like the treadmill for uh like incline walk Awesome. So, a good form of cardio, for me at least, is uh, like 45 minutes of just, you know, turn the speed on like three and the incline on nine uh, and just walk for like 45 minutes. Yeah, I could see the, the, the appeal I can see with that is like sort of being able to measure your progress. And I think that's... For, yeah. pe- for people who are, are super disciplined about their training and for people who are certain, um, super disciplined about measuring um, every you know, piece of physical activity so therefore they can properly estimate what their caloric intake needs to be, I can understand that. But for those, yeah. of, you, like, for, for those of you who are just enthusiasts, if you're trying to run, I would fully recommend running on a trail. You know, it's still going to be low impacted enough, but you know, you're going to get the full benefits of running. And you get you just get to be outside. It's not really natural to like. I don't like going to you know a fast, air conditioned, you know, comfy gym. I would rather like search for you know the most rundown, primitive like type of gym. That's what I like to train in. Yeah, I think it's be, being you know our our sphere. Another one of the big cornerstones that we talk about all the time is being outside, is being one with nature, and sort of we're getting back to our roots as mankind, uh, specifically as man, because when we're closer to that realm, we're closer to our past, we're closer to a time where we were hunter gatherers, we were strong, we were independent, um, we were anti fragile, we can endure all the harsh things that nature had to offer, and you know, the more and more we're cooped up inside, the more and more we become domesticated. It's, it, it's, for us, unfortunately, it's, it's either we're in one direction or the other, and we need to be super disciplined and conscious about that. So the more training you can do outside, the better, just for that sake of environment and shift in programming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, like, when you're inside and you're, you're surrounding yourself with these electronics and all that, those emit you know positive ions so they kind of give you like a dull you know kind of soulless feeling there's no really energy behind them so that's why like people will say like social media or watching a screen all day sucks the energy out of you because it it literally does when you go outside um like ground and nature and all that it's emitting uh negative negatively charged ions uh that's how the earth is charged because of uh, like magnet magnet 
that's, you know, the earth is essentially a big magnet. But anyways, um, that's why you feel, you know, grounded when you go outside and, you know, you stand on the ground. And I've, I've just recently started following the grounded athlete, but, you know, a lot of good work on that um, over on his channel. Yeah, him um, him and Solbra are the, are the ones that are really advocating for, you know, just taking off your shoes and actually just taking time to ground for that reason. Um, and I had actually been told that by a mentor of mine a while ago. So to see that, you know, on a public forum like that, I was pretty happy to see. Um, because I think the more you sort of, you, the more you analyze it, um, and I was under the suspicion when it came to temperature in terms of resisting cold and resisting heat temperature. I actually was talking to my mother that I had a theory about that. And I think that's like a sort of lost frontier of fitness. And this is about, you know, this is about December of 2016. And I was actually visiting, I was visiting New York City with my father to retrace all, retrace the steps of all the places he grew up in. And... I told him, like, hey, I need to work out every single day, so I'm going to do what I need to do, and then we can, you know, go see whatever. Um, and he says, yeah, cool, whatever. And I was in a gym, I was in a gym, like, in 56th to something like that street in Manhattan, and my dad said to meet, meet him at 16th. And so I got out of the gym, it's December, it's like 15 degrees and I had just gotten a new bus root and tank top from the super rare fight shop. And I decided, you know what? I'm not that cold. I'm pretty warm right now. I'm just going to walk in this tank top. And I walked, <laughs> I walked 40 blocks and I got all these reactions of like these Puerto Rican ladies saying, I say frío, no? And you know, I had this one. <laughs> Um, I had this one very, uh, very old school Italian guy, as he was walking by, says, how you not freezing your ass off? Um, and, uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was a meme and it was, it was hilarious. And I, I got to see my, my dad and he's like, are you, are you crazy? You're going to catch a cold. I'm like, I feel great. He's like, put a coat on. I'm like, knock it off. It's fine. And I told my mother about it and she got a giggle out of it. I'm like, no, I think there's, there's. I'm sort of hypothesizing here. I'm sure other people, smarter people than myself or more people who have more of a background in this, um, you know, can say more on this. But I suspect that a part of fitness that a lot of the time we're missing is resisting, like, throwing ourselves in the extremities of nature and adapting accordingly. I think that is a part of fitness we're not talking about. And a couple of weeks later, she sent me a book by Wim Hof and saying, well, this book just got on the bestsellers list. So... That sort of got the ball rolling for me. So it's, it's encouraging to see our sphere res- respect and respond to nature accordingly so that we, we can be as fit as possible. Absolutely, yeah. Um, cold exposure and even heat exposure, like doing sauna or just like if it's very hot outside, you know, working up, um, you know, your exposure to extreme heat or extreme cold, you know, that can be very beneficial, you know, not just for mental health, but physical health, because, you know, you can look aesthetically pleasing and, you know, those are, you know, good qualities and good things. But, you know, if you can't go out there and be useful and have, you know, utility in the world, be able to go outside when it's cold and, you know, chop wood, like, then what's your point if, you know, you have all these 
muscles and look good. Yeah, the, you know, it's once again, it's a good thing. It takes discipline to, you know, do all do all of that, and a lot of respect to you know all bodybuilders out there. You know, it it does take a lot of work, um, but you also have to keep in mind you gotta be you gotta have utility in the world. So you have to be able to go out there and work with your hands. You know, maybe do some of the things you don't want to do in the cold right now, like. Right now, where I live right now outside, it's like 10 degrees. Um, so I'll be, I'll be going outside tomorrow to do some grounding outside. Yeah, the first, the first five minutes of that are going to be absolutely miserable. Um, and that's the point. <laughs> um, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a mental battle as well as, you know, physical. Yeah, and not to, and again, this is sort of a theme of, of part one, but... I'm in no way ripping on bodybuilders, so I'm gonna. I want to make that abundantly clear. Um, if that's your, yeah, if if that's your job, if you're trying to compete in bodybuilding, like hey, like if if you need to you need to avoid some of these things for the optimal part of your craft, then that's what you need to do. It's plain and simple. But like you said, if you're just trying to develop yourself physically in general, things like optimum nutrition and Lifting for strength and in training in the transversal plane and developing skills, developing uh, your combat sports skills, um, developing in nature, um, like you mentioned heat as well. Laird Hamilton, the famed surfer who has, I think he has a record for the biggest wave surf without assistance, meaning he didn't have, um, he didn't have a boat that sort of like propelled him into like a large wave like you're seeing out in Portugal right now. Um, yeah, he, he did that in August, on, on my birthday actually, August 17th, uh, back in 2000. And he, uh, he was saying that the person who came up with the recovery that uh, involving icing, saying that like icing after weight training for the sake of hypertrophy and strength is actually the opposite of what you should be doing. So that um, cold exposure in isolation, so like us taking freezing cold showers in the morning or us grounding in 10 degree weather in the morning is highly beneficial. But for the sake of recovery right after that, heat is actually the optimum. So meaning the sauna. Um, so I think that's yeah. something that should be... Relax. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're kickstarting recovery. Um, that's... Uh, I think that's that's another abundantly important facet of the physical world, of this sort of sphere. Um, I, I think with, within our sphere, it's like we have we're starting to realize there's like the community aspect, there's the honor and virtue aspect, there's the esoteric, um, there's the physical, there's the practical, and then there's the the written. And I think the written is becoming a big cornerstone. And I've seen your your writing evolve, uh, <laughs> evolve. <laughs> quite a bit um <laughs> it's funny it's funny saying i had the same i had a similar uh similar thing happen with gallon chief when he was a guest i was like i would love to see the uh what the gallant perspective would be what the gallant action would be um had a couple giggles yeah, about that i remember that <laughs> that guy's such so good a guy you know he had the biggest he had a bigger giggle out of than i did but um but I've seen your writing evolve, and um, I'm curious, you know, I, I asked you about where you see the sphere going, where you see the other accounts going, 
where you see your development as a man going. Do you have any, you know, big projects on the horizon um, for Evil Academy aside from the podcast that obviously is a fan favorite, your page is a fan favorite. Do you have any specific topics you think you're going to go down, uh, go down further or specific influences that are going to have have some play on your writing? You know, do you have any glimpses in the future, like in the next quarter of, of the year or so? I'm working on right now. Uh, one of them that I can reveal is I'm working on an ebook to help uh, you know any guy out there that kind of is stuck in that you know skinny fat physique and they don't really know where to go because that's where I was. I was 130 pounds. I'm 5'11, so you know underweight, essentially no muscle mass and high body fat. Um, so I'm writing the ebook over that on you know how to build lean muscle essentially and just a step-by-step guide as well as kind of like a book format as well. So I'll be releasing that within the next month or two. I'll get a firm date out there pretty soon. Um, The other projects I'm working on, I'm not quite ready to talk about them. Got to keep them on the down low for right now, but I'm definitely going to keep doing the podcast. Um, I have... The next couple of guests I have coming on are, um, like, really going to shake uh, the reality of this community. It's going to be great. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Again, for all of you who are listening, uh, for whatever reason, are not following this man. uh, He's at Evil Academy, E-V-O-L-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Is that, I got that right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, on Instagram, and uh, he's his podcast is the Evil Cast, so E V O L C A S T. He's on all the major podcasting platforms and YouTube as well. Um, so we had a we had a number of questions uh, for a Q and A that came in both um, both into my DMs and your DMs. So um, let's, let's jump into those. Did you, I know you asked me some of some of the ones that you. Um, had received. Do you have any left, or we did we get through all those on yours? Um, let's see. I'll have to pull it up real quick. You can go ahead and ask me uh, some of yours from your audience while I pull that up. Sounds good. So we had a number of questions for the for the Q and A that we're going to jump into right now. Uh, the first, um, <laughs> you're starting to see a regional dialect with some of these questions, but uh. My miso has different values to me. I still really love her. What should I do? Can you repeat that? You're kind of cutting out. Um, the question is, it has a regional dialect to it. My miso, my missus basically, has uh, different values to me. I still really love her. What should I do? Oh. I mean, that could be a tough one. Essentially... I mean, if you're married, you, I don't want to say, you know, you're stuck, but you know, when you're married to someone, obviously I'm young, I'm not like, I've never been, you know, that much into a relationship. Um, as far as like, if you're, you know, you're just dating, if you feel like down the road, she is not going to be the best mother for your children as possible. Um, and a lot of that comes with sharing the same values, I would say um, it's okay to, you know, take a step back from the relationship because you do want a woman who has the same values as you and 
who can stand by you. Um, you don't have to agree on every single little thing, but the values are, you know, what makes the relationship work. Opposites attract, but your similarities are what keep you together, I think. Um, so that would be my thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I, I definitely agree first and foremost about, I, th- I think this is from a younger cat, so I don't, I don't believe he's married. Oh, okay. Um, probably should have mentioned that from the beginning, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think you're right in the sense that if you believe that it's going to affect their ability to be a mother, that's, that's certainly something to greatly consider could be the end of the, yeah. of the future of the relationship basically. And I mean, if it's just like a, you know, like you're in high school and college and you're kind of just, you know, dating around like casually dating like I wouldn't say every girl has to be you know like a match made in heaven etc you know perfect match like get out there and experience and meet in different girls um, yeah I don't but yeah I mean I, th- I think ultimately like I go back and forth on the notion of whether or not you should date if you don't see potential in this person long term like I think you should see some I mean, obviously, you wouldn't be attracted to them if you didn't. But you should see some form of long-term potential in them before dating. I wouldn't date for the sake of dating and just sort of leave your your energy and wallet and time and psyche sort of empty, potentially. I think that's... That that can be some of the downfall of the sort of red pill and manosphere community. It becomes sort of like feminism for men, which I'm not the first to say that. Um, you know, a, a number of people have said that in the past. Um, yeah. So I don't, in, even, even sex is an energy exchange. So if you're thinking, oh, this is, this is just casual sex. Like, uh, I don't really think there is such a thing because yeah. the, the encounter might be casual, but the lasting effects are not. So there's nothing casual about it. Um, um, but in terms of like, in, on the flip side of things, other, other guy, <laughs> other, other guys would say, cut her off immediately. It's a waste of time. Like, well, it depends on which values you're differing on. Like if it's, yeah. if it's morality and, you know, let's say you're very rooted in your faith and you know, you can't compromise from that faith. Well, you just answered your own question. But if it's more minor and it's something that you can actually have a normal balanced discussion on that could change. And you know, you could realize that could be a complete misunderstanding. So it depends on the severity of differences, to be honest. Yeah, it does depend on a lot. Like, to answer it a lot better, like, you would have to provide some context. Yeah, so, for the person um, asking that question, you know, I can message <laughs> message you and reach out to you directly, because that'll probably be a lot more of a benefit. But I figured this would be just an interesting question just to air out to all the listeners because it is more nuanced than that to think that it's just this black and white answer every single time it's just completely blind and ridiculous yeah. uh, the next question is how to have great sex without ejaculating how to learn to control yourself to give more to a girl so if you have any uh, wisdom or knowledge on this um, the way of the superior man is a good book to read on that. Um, essentially, it's it's a skill and a practice that 
you kind of have to master and learn over time. That's all I'll really say on that. Um, but The Way of the Superior Man is a good book on that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's required reading for every man. The the book the book's title in itself is a bold claim, but it certainly lives up to the claim. Um, in terms of just physical training, I think maybe some people might be trying to ask that from that um, aspect. Um, the more you gain control of your pelvic floor, um, if you if you actually start to train that, you start to strengthen that. Um, you'll be able to sort of control uh, your ejaculatory reflex. Um, the better you can control that, the better you can have sex without ejaculating. It's pretty simple uh, from a completely physical yeah. standpoint. From the standpoint of like sort of higher, holier orgasm, which, you know, again, read the book. Um, you'll, you'll find better literature and descriptions of that within the aforementioned book, Way of the Superior Man. Yeah, and uh, like the exercises you can do is that it's essentially like you just um, pretend you're stopping yourself from taking a piss. Yeah, that's 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 an actually that's actually a great way of putting it. Um, yeah. Also, if if you get into more um, more disciplined flexibility regimens like splits progressions and yoga, you'll eventually reach a point, especially when training the psoas, um, within that realm, that you're going to be more and more attuned with the pelvic floor. So it's, it's interesting, the more you're attuned with your body, the more you're going to be attuned with your pelvic floor from a flexibility, movement, and flow standpoint. So have that as a sort of counterbalance to the very, you know, forward-facing sort of strength, combat sports, wilderness survival aspect of fitness. That's the other side of fitness that we can't neglect as men. That is typically more, given more attention by women than men, but we need to have a very well-rounded, balanced approach in our fitness, and that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Um, for your like, because your muscles they take space to grow, so that's one of the reasons why you know you should be stretching, training, flexibility, and you know I throw in you know occasional yoga and I do like morning stretches, is just to allow that blood flow and allow that space for you know those muscle fibers to expand. Absolutely. For those of you thinking that, I've met people who believe flexibility stunts muscle growth. The only way it stunts muscle growth is if you stretch, like you do full-on static stretching before your training, and that can com- yeah. that can potentially compromise your workouts because you actually need stiffness to lift heavy weights. That's the only aspect in which it can hinder the other aspects of your fitness. But if yeah. you do it as a separate practice or you do it right after your weight training or combat sports, you're not going to see an issue. Yeah, just, le- just learn how to be like loose, like flow with your body. Um, that's one of the things I've learned from jiu-jitsu as well i'm going off on a little bit of tangent but just by learning to flow with your body and manipulate your body in different ways you're going to access a lot more like unlocking your muscles i will see it as a video game you know like training in the gym that mind muscle connection you almost unlock you know like a new layer of muscle fibers um just by allowing yourself to be more in tune with your body and that physical spiritual but I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent. No, I mean, I think, I think that's an important point, and that sort of brings, brings back to your advocation for flow. It's not always this hardcore discipline that flow is necessary and that awareness is necessary. So I think that's a good point. And obviously, jiu-jitsu, if you take a look at the grappling arts, like jiu-jitsu versus wrestling, one's, you know, much more sort of aggro in the sense that 
you know, it's more, it's, it's real, it has a time limit more often than not. It has, it's based on pins. Um, it's not based on the long game. It's not based on counters like jujitsu is. So jujitsu is going to be more the flow art and, um, wrestling is going to be the more aggro art. So I think that's a great parallel and a great, uh, example for physical flow. So, um, the next question is, uh, what's more important, lifting or combat sports? Um, it really just depends on where you are in your life, I'd say, because all in all, you know, you want to be getting strong. You take, you know, kind of like a priority on one, so you can say, you know, I'm going to focus on lifting for one month, and then I'm going to, you know, focus more heavily on whatever martial art for the next um, obviously, if you're looking at, you know, like hardcore bodybuilding, your gains are going to suffer from training jujitsu at the same time. Because essentially, for building muscle, you want to maximize the stress in a gym and you want to minimize the stress out of it. Make sure you know, you're recovering, resting, eating all the meals you need to eat. But when you, you know, you can mix it. Um, that's what I'm doing right now, and I'm still making progress in the gym. Is it is it like optimal for just muscle building? No, but I'm building myself in other ways than just uh, pure muscle. So to answer your question, um, you can have a balance of both, um, but just realize there there's benefits to both as well. So don't be afraid to mix it. And like I said, you can do like a for three months, you can focus on one, and then three months, you can switch back to focusing more on the other. Yeah, I my, my response to this question is just yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're both super important, especially... Um, strength is the parent quality. Like, the stronger you are, actually, the better your endurance workouts are going to be, the better your power workouts that are going to be, the better your hypertrophy workouts are going to be. So strength is super important. But in a combat standpoint, you just being strong, unless you're, you know, Hathor, Bjornsson, you know, it's not going to negate someone's superior combat skill. So even if your primary focus is bodybuilding, you can be very strategic in your planning and you can be very disciplined in your planning to also incorporate a combat sport. Um, you would need to be absurdly disciplined, not only in the quality of food that you're taking in, but you actually really would need to be just surgical with your caloric and macronutrient intake. That's, that's, that's the point where the, the mathematics of nutrition do come into play. Like you, no matter which way you slice it. Um, so yeah, saying one's more important than the other, uh, it's like saying food or water in my mind, you know? Yeah, you, you essentially have to have both because you can be strong uh, in, like, a gym sense, um, but you should be strong uh, in your ability to fight as well. Yeah, it's... You, do, do, not, do, do not think you need to be, do one or the other. Maybe, okay, so maybe monetarily you can only afford one or the other. Maybe that's... Maybe that's where this question is coming from. Um, yeah. If, if that's the case, well, 
I I would advocate for a, to hopefully plan for a future and try to get yourself to a financial or scheduled future where you can you can afford to train both both monetarily and time wise. Um, but in the meantime, whichever one you do pick, whichever one you prefer, if you're going to do a combat sports gym as opposed to you know a strength and conditioning gym, hell, I'll write you a body weight program that's effective, so you can uh, you can effectively get strong as you're doing a combat sports program. And the flip side of things, if you do a lifting gym, um, what, there's plenty of resources out there. Um, you know, from Lucien Carben to Nathan Carnage Corbett to Liam Harrison. I'm just speaking of the stand-up striking world because that's a lot easier to do on your own than grappling. Um, there's a bunch of resources out there where you can learn combat sports on your own from a striking standpoint. So if you can only afford one, seek out your own personal practice and personal study in the other. Agreed, yeah. Um, the next one. How to organize yourself while you're dirt poor? Mm, just organize yourself, man. Just open up the journal. Think of what you have to do and do it. You know, if that's like, if you're at a point where you have to work this many hours to afford this, you know, you might have to do that. Um, but, you know, plan out. Sometimes it takes steps. Uh, it can take you know, a big move or a big risk, but yeah, just, you have to, you know, that's one of those questions that you kind of have to, what's the context if you're dirt poor? Like what's, um, also, you know, what really matters? They can take, if they took everything away from you, what's going to matter? Essentially your mindset and your physical strength. Obviously you have to have finances in check to be able to, survive but you can live you know pretty bare bones uh chicken breast and rice and still live so. yeah i mean so this one i sort of i sort of take to heart um because i've been in the you know the broke just just broke broke trying to get through life um, and trying to do all the things that I wanted to do, um, in multiple instances, not just, um, so before I got my student loans in England, I was living off of the tea biscuit ramen diet. It was terrible. It was, it was, it was, it was absolutely horrendous. And I was eating protein bars and, you know, it gets to a point where like, yeah, we advocate for, you know, get the best quality ingredients you can, but sometimes it's just not a reality. Um, yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to afford grass-fed beef. You're not going to be able to afford, you know, raw milk. Um, And so it gets to a point where you're just going to have to cultivate the most mental toughness possible, first and foremost, to sort of overcome your circumstances. So see this as an opportunity to grow mentally just far greater than anyone would have the opportunity to to begin with who's trying to go these down these kinds of paths that I assume that you're trying to go down if you're asking me this question on this podcast um I mean he's become somewhat of a meme for being such a crybaby but um you know LeBron James had like nothing when he was becoming a basketball star you can you can cry about his genetics all you want but if he didn't do anything with him to begin with and he had every reason not to 
where would he be? So that guy was living off of macaroni and cheese. Um, the Navy, the Navy SEAL who's been in the news plenty, the, the Navy SEAL who's both a doctor and now an astronaut, you know, he was being abused by his father and having to protect his mother every single day from their father's abuse. He held him at gunpoint at times and he was living off of macaroni and cheese. And he's now a Navy SEAL medical doctor astronaut. So you need to see this situation that you're in, but before I even get to organization, you need to see the situation that you're in as an opportunity for a catalyst for a life that's much greater. So how, what, how are you going to use this as a catalyst? You're going to use this as a time to foster the most amount of mental toughness possible. And that means budgeting accordingly how much you can spend on food and using the best optimal diet from that. Training your body as best as you can, whether that be just calisthenics and you know shadow boxing boxing or kyokushin or muay thai and then when it comes to organizing the rest like you said or let's say you need to work a ton of hours well obviously you're gonna have to work around that work schedule so is there time when you're just you know you're sort of just letting yourself sit there and wallow i mean i've been there so i understand that but i also understand that there was a time where i decided to not wallow and i took those 2 hours out of the day and i made something from them and i was far better for it and it was a catalyst to when i had a better situation and i had more money at my disposal and i could apply this tight discipline and tight mental toughness to an environment with more time and more resources so that by the time that i got there um i didn't waste the resources i didn't become lazy um yeah so, yeah, like Ebola said, organize yourself, plain and simple, like, write, write, write down every, write down every hour of the day for all seven days, write down what you're going to be doing in each of those hours, and keep organizing it until it's a schedule that has everything that you want to do and everything you need to do, given your current situation that's making you do it poor. And how you're going to get out of the situation of where you're dirt poor. And if the schedule goes wrong, just adjust it accordingly. Don't throw the whole thing out. Because that's the next big mistake that you're always going to see. And that's the next big mistake that I made a bunch of times. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And then, um, like just another example, you threw LeBron James in there. Here's another cliche example. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, when he was, you know, bodybuilding, he would, pretty sure he would take... He would work for like half the day and then he would go to the gym for, you know, two hours a day. And then after that, he would have acting classes from like 8 p.m. to midnight. Um, and so like during that time, is he getting optimal sleep? No. Is he, you know, he's probably prioritizing his nutrition and his recovery as best as he can. Um, but, you know, he obviously had to have a set schedule that he sticks to and he works towards every day and kind of to tie it into my message evolve everyday victory over loss it's just a series of habits habits that you build over time and you repeat and the power of tiny wins i can't remember the exact number but the growth is insane you know just if you look a few months or a few years down the road just repeating those wins um you'll eventually be able to dig yourself out of whatever hole you're in. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, 
there's a number of sort of storied situations like you mentioned. Like you mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger. Georges St. Pierre is the greatest MMA fighter of all time. He was a garbage man, and then he'd drive nine hours each way from Montreal to Henzo Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in New York because there was no good Jiu-Jitsu in Montreal at the time. So it's, yeah. it's I mean, it sounds like if you're going to ask this question from the get-go that you're wanting to make a change and you're understanding that where you're at right now isn't serving you and you're going to need to adjust accordingly to get where you want to go. So all the best to you. Um if you need further instruction with that, my DMs are always open. Um, yeah, plain and simple. That's our mind. Yeah. Yeah, and myself, Wilhelm, you know, everybody. Pretty, I'm pretty. I'd be willing to guess that all these content creators' DMs are always open. Um, we need to help each other out because yeah. we all have different walks down this path, and I don't. <laughs> I've been uh, I've had friends call me out saying man you always want to suffer on your own and like maximize the suffering okay well, that's just me alright that's that's fine but I'm, <laughs> and a lot of the times I do operate that way but there are times now where I um, I do seek out help and I would encourage others to seek out help from us or for for mentors who are experienced in the paths and successful in the paths that you want to go down so don't, don't think you always need to just suffer for the sake of suffering I don't necessarily think that part's true. Um, the last question for my set of questions is uh, is an interesting one. Um, how to find God? Oh, well, that's one of those questions that, you know, could have like a thousand different answers for one person. And I think every person kind of has a different answer. Um, how I found God was just retreating back into myself and the more primitive parts of me, you know, mastering those and, you know, focusing on lifting and finding the gym. That was a big step for me. Obviously, if you're here listening to this podcast, you know, you've obviously, uh, probably taking those steps finding God man it's just a it's a journey for sure and you know we're always as men we're on that eternal quest for something higher and something bigger in our lives and that's that can be a good representation of God like where this you know may seem you know somewhat superficial or like uh, it may make you seem like you're full of yourself but where do you see yourself in five or ten years and how are you going to live up to that you know are you going to be proud of that man would god be proud of that man Mm. whatever you know god there is out there in five to ten years by the actions you're taking right now um so that that's kind of my i think yeah that's I think that's a, that's a very important question to ask. Um, yeah. What track you're on, would God be proud of that? And, you know, maybe some, some listeners don't have a gauge of what that would mean. Well, you know, if, if God's the creator, right, me personally, and I'm sure many people share this to you, 
I don't think that the creator would want you to just sort of waste and relax and just regress in this gift of life. I don't think that he'd want you to just settle. I don't think he'd want you to do malicious harm to others. I don't think that he would want you to... Not reach to, to to I don't think you would want you to not build relationships that could flourish into mutually beneficial relationships, but that could also be examples for others. Like the, the number, like you said, there's ten thousand possibilities to find God. There's also ten thousand possibilities of of that of that question that you asked, <laughs> of that question that you yeah. think people should ask themselves every single day. Um, how to find God? Well, first of all, God's everywhere. Even God's within you. If, 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 take, take, you know, this, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, pagan people in our sphere as well, right? Um, they talk about the gods, right? But let's, yeah. so we're not, and obviously you and I both co- come from Christian backgrounds, and this is not meant to, you know, we're not trying to evangelize, so I want to make that abundantly clear. But let's, let's say for, for argument's sake that there is this omnipotent creator, right? There's this constant... <clears throat> something can't come from nothing and that there's this constant right and the constant was always there and you know that means the constant is in everything even the things that are distorted by you know satan whatever this large figure of evil that has distorted things enough and twisted a bunch of things enough Literally everything would be from that central consciousness, that constant. So you can find God in church, you can find God in the weight room, you can find God in nature, you can find God in acts of kindness to strangers, in acts of kindness to your loved ones, in acts of kindness to your, towards your co-workers. You can find God in, in coaching someone, you can find God in mentoring someone. You can find God in all, all places and in all things, but you need to go searching for God first. If you, have, if you have your feet firmly on the ground and your mind oriented and your soul oriented and your heart oriented on finding God, you will find Him. It, it does take a certain amount of faith to not be a skeptic. Um, and I think there should, there should always be a grain of salt and there should be a amount of discernment, but you don't need to be a constant skeptical pessimist. I think that ultimately leads down a, a more destructive path, to be honest. Yeah. And don't, this is kind of one of the things that skeptics and non-believers, at least the people that I've talked to have told me is, you know, they would always go to church and, you know, like, well, why do I not feel anything? Or, you know, why? And I asked myself this question for the longest time. It's like, why do I not, uh, you know, feel God in a certain way by you know, what the priest is telling me to feel? And what I've found is it has to do a lot more with how you live your life. So look at, you know, what are you eating? Because food obviously affects, not to get, like, superficial, because, you know, the whole concept of God and spirituality and all of those things are very metaphysical, but look at what you're eating. If you're eating, you know, junk that's going to you know, mess with your gut bacteria, 
that's going to in turn mess up your serotonin levels and then you're not going to be able to think as clear. So that's kind of, you know, one thing to tie in to what I'm trying to say here. But look at how you live your life and how you live your life should reflect what you think the ultimate creator would want to see out of you. And, you know, you made some great points on, like, would God want me to be engaging in these degenerate acts? So I think you do find God through how you live your life, through, you know, just mentoring someone or, you know, complimenting a stranger. Like, those things make me feel absolutely amazing, and there's, like, no shame in doing those things because we've become so disconnected as a society. Um, so experiencing life, the best way to find God is, you know, get out there and experience and, excuse me, and enthrall yourself in new experiences and new people. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, it, like, especially, like you said, specifically, I couldn't agree more about the part where you said you compliment someone and that makes you feel amazing. And even like, there's some people where you'd be like, Oh, what? Like they're going to give you some weird, like I'm too, <laughs> I'm too cool for school reaction. Like why is this person complimenting yeah. me? Like, screw you. Like, well, okay. They're really jaded and strange. Fuck them then. Like it's like, this is a complete, exactly, yeah. this is a complete antithesis. And I don't mean, you know, those people can go fuck themselves, but like, you know, that's a, a bit of a bizarre reaction, you know, where you're trying to spread kindness, and you're trying to build these people up, and they're like, what, no, screw you, don't build me up, it's 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 a ridiculous reaction, so you have to say, not fuck you to them, but fuck you to the reaction, because that's abnormal, honestly. Yeah. Um, maybe they can call it introverted, but, you know, I would imagine even the people who say that are going to be taking some bit of positivity away from that, so don't let strange reactions like that discourage you from acts like that, because they're all they're always a net positive, no matter which way you strike it. Um, did you have any leftover questions or? Uh, no, I didn't. We got through all of them in part one. Well, damn, this, uh, <laughs> this has been a hell of an experience over these past two podcasts, man. Yeah, no, it's been absolutely great. Um, and it was great to get you, get to know you, you know, over these two podcasts. And I, you know, I hope we were able to, you know, spread the light as best as possible. I know we did, you know, a great job of, you know, providing some content and providing some wise words for both of us. So definitely a great time. Likewise, brother. I mean, it's, uh, it's been an honor getting to know you better. Um, you know, I, I very much enjoyed being on your podcast. I've very much enjoyed, um, really paying close attention to your posts, um, since about, since about January 1st, honestly. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to get get to know you better, and I'm sure uh, all the listeners are going to be very excited to learn more about you. So, I uh, hope I hope everyone listening to this has gotten to enjoy this experience because I certainly have. Absolutely. Um, once again, uh, it's Evil Academy, E V O L A C A D M Y, and then the Evil Cast, E V O L C A S T. Like you said, he has two very important podcasts coming up that are going to shape his podcast in the future, so keep an eye out on those. He has an ebook coming out for all you guys trying to get out of the skinny fat realm into putting on lean muscle. Um, so please keep an eye out on his account. We're obviously, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to assume it's saying we're most likely going to collaborate in the, again in the future, um, whether it be in podcast form or in written form. 
Um, so yeah, until then, folks, good night and good storms. Thank you.